0: Hello, this is Mama D and I'm the host of Pedals of Support. Pedals of Support is a podcast that offers advice from a mom to anyone that needs a little extra love and support. This is not advice for moms, but advice from a mom. I've covered such topics as forgiveness, how to forgive, when to forgive, and when it's okay to not forgive, letting go, how to make good decisions, and how to handle stressful situations. I'm not a licensed anything. I'm just a mom that wants to provide to you the same advice that I give my kids, my friends, and my family. You can find me on any podcast platform. You can also find me at Twitter, at Pedals of Support. Please go listen. Find the episodes that apply to you, and maybe the ones that don't. You can file that information away for later. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Thank you. baby we finally have another fucking film that is as unsettling and more unsettling than the Blair Witch Project is what I've been waiting for hell to the motherfucking yeah that ending though my dudes that ending my dudes let's get into this bitch cue the fucking music you're only giving a little spark of madness followed Mr. Carpenter what he saw couldn't have been a dream was too real but it couldn't have been true, either. It was too deliciously frightful. Frank, that's yesterday. Old times are only good when you've had it. Night after night, all alone, daddy's all pent up. Let's freak! You're a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Why, hello. Now, before we get into my, um little exclamation at the start of this episode (laughs) I do want to go back to the start and let's discuss exactly what Skinner Marink is because this is one hell of a film and it it deserves as much recognition as it can possibly get whether you like it or not so Skinner Marink is the brain fart child of one Kyle Edward Ball he actually has a concept short film that he put forward before this one Um, on YouTube called Heck, and I highly recommend you watching that before you watch this, so you have some sort of idea without giving too much away of what you're getting yourself into. Skin and Marinka is not for everyone, it will never be for everyone. It is a very experimental horror, it is very different to what's out there today, which is partly why I love it, but you're going to get people who are going to hate it, who are going to find it's boring, much like my favourite film that I bring up at the start of this episode, Blair Witch Project. It's not for everyone. <laughs> and to be brutally honest, the first half wasn't for me. I watched this film alone in my house with my cats. It was pitch black. It was about 10.30 at night. And I actually slept through the first probably about 20 odd minutes. And that's not to say it was necessarily boring. I don't know if I was just really tired. If I was bored, or what the case was. Well... I probably watched the first 10, 15 and then slept for about 15, 20 and then woke up. (laughs) But um, regardless of that, um, I've gone back and watched it since. And I really enjoy this film. And at the same time, I really hate this film. (laughs) Um, Just a a bit of context. Let's go into a little bit of a deep dive of the plot, shall we? Skin and is a story of two young siblings, four year old Kevin and six year old Kaylee who get left alone at home one night. Their dad is nowhere to be found. And some unseen presence begins to whisper at them from the dark. And it just gets weirder from there. We have vanishing doors. We have no soundtrack, no soundtrack. It is all static except for the sound of, I think like 1950s cartoons, like TV cartoons. Um, The camera is all at the height of the kids, so you see nothing more than what they're seeing, which makes it even more terrifying. This is an immersive film. You get immersed into this film. You get brought in. You are a child. This fucker plays on your fears from when we were children, which is the whole point in the film, because Kyle Edward Ball actually went to Twitter a few years ago and asked the question do you remember any of your nightmares from when you were a kid and the answers that he got on twitter and reddit and other places is what we see here in this film he's put them all together and made this extremely unnerving this extremely unnerving waking nightmare that's crept its way like a cursed object into a few hundred theaters and homes and it's it's incredible it's something we've never seen before. It's a fresher breath air in the horror genre, which is exactly what we needed. We needed to vamp this up. We needed to spice it up a bit, bring something new. And I feel Skinner Marink does that. And I think another reason why this is so effective, or this film is so effective for me personally, is you don't see faces. You never see a single face straight on. You hear the voices, and you're hearing them at the level of the kids. Because of how the camera height is the same as theirs. But you don't even see the kids' faces. You see some of them side on. You see a particular face at the end. Which we might get into a bit later. But for the most part you you don't. Like 99% of this film you're not seeing a face. You're not hearing a soundtrack. You're not seeing lovely shiny edited scenes and film. You're seeing grainy blue hued what almost looks like camera footage CCTV footage all filmed at the height of the fucking kids (laughs) no no I keep saying that but that's what makes this film so damn effective is we are brought into this film as a child this is literally your nightmares come true you're waking up you go to bed your dad's not sorry you go to bed your dad's there you wake up he's not no idea where your mum is and the sweetest thing which sort of makes it even more unsettling is when these kids first realize they're alone they make a fort downstairs in front of the tv and they're just like huddling each other and you're like oh that's exactly what i would have done or it's so sweet they're so young and then you realize well they're doing this because they're the fucking alone and doors and shit are vanishing (laughs) and then you just get that unsettling feeling all over again And then along with that the concept of up and down dissolves, furniture starts appearing on the ceiling and toys begin gathering on the walls. You get long shots of toys in what looks like never-ending hallways, you've got lego spilt on the floor because the kids were playing in front of the TV under their foot. The name of the game in Skinnerink is disorientation, you know? It it leaves you disorientated, it leaves you confused, it leaves you scared, it's so unnerving so unnerving and ball uses every cinematic tool in the box to make us uncertain of what we are seeing and hearing and it's much like another review that i listened to before uh recording because i wanted to get a few other opinions on, on what people thought of this film was um film rage now I l li- shout out to you guys if you're listening but <laughs> i listened to you, uh to their review and their their podcast, give them a lesson uh, before I did this as well as many others, and they were seeing how in every shot, in every room, in every quote-unquote scene, you're sitting there looking for stuff because you are so immersed into this world that you're constantly looking around to see what's there. And sometimes there's nothing there. But that's what puts you on the edge of your seat is you're like okay here is i don't know here's a really dark room you can hear noises is there going to be something in the shadows is something about to jump out at you and you're sitting there expecting it and you're waiting for it and a lot of the time it doesn't happen and that's what makes it even more effective is you're on your edge consistently Because you're just so unsettled by what you're looking at. And you don't know what's to come. You don't know what's next. This film could take so many different turns. I'm glad it took the turn that it did. But it could go in so many different ways when you're watching it for the first time. That you start putting scenarios in your head and you start overanalyzing what you're watching. And then you realise this could happen, that could happen. But if this happens, then that could happen. But if that could happen, then this might happen. And then you're so focused on the screen that you just, you're ready to be jump scared at any moment. (laughs) And I think that's another thing about this film is there is no, for me, there was no jump scares. I know for others, they said that they found some stuff that was sort of like a jump scare. I don't really find them as jump scares. It's very more, very psychological for me. Um, Much like the Blair Witch Project where you don't see anything specifically. It's, all just fucking with your head. This—that's what this movie does. It fucks with your head, big time. Now I know I keep referring back to the Blair Witch Project, and that's because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But no matter how many comparisons I make, no, there's nothing like this film out there. Yeah, it's got aspects and elements of Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity, um, a lot of fuckery, like anything by David Lynch, essentially. <laughs> very unnerving but i can sit here and give you these comparisons and say it's like this or that but i'd be wrong there's nothing else out there like this with all the artsy bullshit that exists in the horror genre with everything psychological out there there is no other film quite like skin and Marink* at all and going back to the no soundtrack when i say there's no soundtrack i mean there's literally nothing it is static you know, you're watching a lot of old cartoons fuzzing in and out. We watch lights turn on in other rooms and we wait until they turn off. We watch Legos tumble through carpet strands. We listen to footsteps creaking in other rooms as the camera pans snail speed across the floor slowly, so slowly you might not even notice it. Which is the point. Things start seeming not altogether right. The layout disintegrates, a wrongness insinuates. This is fucked. <laughs> like, that's all you're hearing. You're hearing fuzziness on TV, you're hearing the static of what's going on around you, you're hearing kids cry, you're hearing unknown noises. But it's not all at once. It's sprinkled. Other than the fuzziness, it's sprinkled throughout. It's a very, very quiet film once you take out um, the fuzziness. And I think that's also another reason why a lot of people didn't like this film is... It can come off very, very pretentious because it is so experimental and it is so artsy. And usually I would agree. I'm not into this artsy bullshit that horror has become. You know, I'm not into the likes of other experimental artsy bullshit like Midsummer or The Witch or Get Uh, Out. Sorry, I do like Get Out. Or Us. (laughs) Or Nope. Or Barbarian. (laughs) Like, some of these movies is just plain boring bad shit. And yeah, okay, I said that I fell asleep for a little bit the first time I watched this. But honestly, it was like 10, 30, 11, pitch black at night. I was tired as hell. So I did go back and rewatch this and actually enjoyed the whole thing. But we don't, what, what this film proves is that you don't need a lot to be effective. You don't need a lot to be a decent horror film. You just need to be unsettling. And sometimes that means nothing at all. The unknown is what's the most unsettling. What's behind that door? Why is this happening? What's going on over there? Did I see something? Didn't I see something? It's these little trickeries of the brain that makes you sit and stare and wonder and watch and want to be present for every second, every hour of the film. You don't need jump scares. Okay? Okay? Listen to me. Listen to me, directors. You do not need jump scares to be scary that also doesn't mean that we need to become some artsy pretentious bullshit this movie sits between those the two of them for me personally i think it's experimental enough to be interesting and to be its own film but it's not pretentious enough to put a fucking message in your face like half the other films that are doing these days but it's also unnerving enough to make you scared and uncomfortable without using the jump scares of the cheaper films this is a perfect balance and a lot of people aren't going to agree with me on that because it is so out there and experimental but truth of the matter is a lot of people fear the unknown and this is the unknown this is well if this is this going to be it's own genre thing are we going to now see more and more films like this is it going to wear out its welcome because a lot of genres tend to do that. Like I've mentioned many times before, my favorite subgenre of horror is found footage, and I'm very aware that to an extent it has out its welcome. You don't get many good found footage uh, films these days. Fucking Deadstream was a good example of that, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going there in this film or in this film, in this review. Although I'm happy to ho- hop in a film any day. So if someone wants to hire me to go on a film, I'll do it. But <laughs> back to the the main review here. Um, overall, Skinnermarink is just unsettling. You know, its purpose is more nefarious. It totally and entirely wants to terrify us. Marink wants us to become children trapped in our beds again. And that's exactly what we are we're trapped in this house we're trapped in this pillow fort that we made we're trapped in our rooms you know we never leave the house we never leave the house this entire film is in this one space this one home yeah there's multiple rooms but not much more than the lounge room is what you see and because you know it's a four and a six-year-old you've got things that are out of reach can they reach the phone can they reach all the door handles when there is a door available but the fact of the matter is they don't want to because the home is the safe space and that's that's why this is so effective you're a four-year-old you're a six-year-old trapped in your own home but your home is your safe space your home is what you know so why would you leave regardless of what's going on around you why would you leave when you know nothing else like Wemble asked reddit to share their childhood nightmares he says he began to see patterns emerge from the imagery they shared our collective unconscious sometimes has fangs or talons sometimes hooks or tentacles or terrible black wings but it's always crawling around in the dark whispering our names it's always steeped in an awful vagueness and uncanniness that straddles time and space it's the monsters moaning in the darkness outside of our caves just outside the fall of the firelight their eyes flickering faintly Skinnemerink ties us to the bed like sleep paralysis, and it opens the closet door and peeks under the bed so those monsters can come in and sniff and lick your heels, lick your hands. That's what Skinnemerink is. Skinnemerink is the unsettling unnerveness of what we feared as children. Whether it be the monster under the bed or our own parents, Skinnemerink is just that it's our fears. Now, obviously, with ball playing on our fears and our childhood fears, the biggest fear of all was the boogeyman. And there is definitely a boogeyman entity to this film. This film isn't just kids being unsettled and walking around the house and not knowing what's going on. You know, it's... It's scenes, it's a film accompanied by breathy, lispy lines, whispered by the kids, such as I can't fall asleep with the lights on, you know, playing on our fear of the dark. It's atmospheric and becomes more sinister still when the arrival of the boogeyman, you know, this, this creepy fucking figure that you don't really see throughout the film. But as you get to the second half or the, the last, the final third of the film, you start hearing more. And later on in the film, you hear this voice say "Kaylee didn't do what she was told. So I took her mouth away. And you're like, what? (laughs) First of all, who the fuck are you? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton-eyed Joe. (laughs) Um, But second of all, who are you? Are you an intruder? Are you the devil? Are you just something on these kids' minds that they've made up? Or are you even more unsettlingly? More upsettingly? Are you their dad? Are you what's become of their dad? Their protector? Their hero? Now being a figure in the darkness. Having this control over the kids. Much like a father figure would say. She didn't do as she was told. Are you now able to control what's around you? Are you the one that's making the doors and the windows vanish? Are you the one... Making sure that we don't leave this house wanting, longing for you to return only to be a dark figure in, in the night. You know, it's, it's this idea of if it is a parent, then what are these kids meant to do? You know, they're obviously going to do as they tell, well, I mean, in saying that, I know that it says Kaylee didn't do as she was told, but she's a kid. Kids are bratty. It happens. Especially if they're playing out against their dad who's gone missing and then all of a sudden appears as a dark figure in the night. So let's for one moment say it is the dad. You've got this dad creeping around in the shadows telling these kids what to do. And by the end of the film there is a horrific thing that this thing tells little Kevin to do. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to say what it is. But to know that this entity, who as I said very well could be their dad... Has this power over him? It's terrifying. Is it mind control? Is it literally just he sees his dad so he does as he's told? The shriek, the cry that comes from Kevin after he does what he does is gut-wrenching. I'm not a parent by any means. (laughs) I'm definitely not a parent. But you don't need to be to be unsettled and uncomfortable in that scene. Because... It is so heartbreaking to hear this little boy's cry. It's yet again one of the few sounds you hear in this film and it just breaks you. And you see certain scenes or certain, sorry, not scenes. You see certain angles during that scene, if you can call it a scene (laughs) because it's almost like one long shot or a whole heap of little pieces put together. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked it's just really unsettling and it's such a part of the build-up of that final 15-20 minutes now i'm 30 right and there's not a lot that scares me these days but still to this day if something does or i have an uneasy feeling when watching a movie i'm going to cover my eyes i don't care what anyone says i'm covering my eyes and there was two parts of this film that had me so unsettled that I thought something was coming that I sat there barely peering through the gaps in my fingers covering my eyes. One of them was a bedroom scene. I thought something was coming out from under the bed. The second is the final shot of the film. Much like The Blair Witch Project, the final shot in this film is what leaves you so fucking uncomfortable. Because just picture... You've been watching this film for, what, like an hour and a half, two hours? I've forgotten how long it goes for. All this time, watching these two kids. Or being one of the kids. In blue, grainy, filtered, static of cinematography. The doors vanishing. The toys are moving. Shit's upside down. Only to end. And this isn't a Spoiler. It's not to me anyway, because you see it coming a little bit earlier on. But to end on this slow zoom into the fucking closet. Yeah, the closet. That's right. It's playing on your fear that there's something in the closet. And it just go black. And you're sitting there and you're looking at it. And you're like, what are we looking at? Why is it still going? Where are the credits? What's going on? Only. Now, if 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 you don't want to know anything, obviously stop listening for about the next 30 to... 60 seconds but only to see this shadowy figure of a face slowly appear in the darkness it is not perfectly clear but you see enough to know it's just not a standard face and it stares at you it stares at your fucking soul (laughs) it is so unsettling And it made me so happy because I'm a psychopath. (laughs) This is the shit that I've been missing. This is what I've been wanting in horror films for so long. This is what I love about the Blair Witch Project. And I know you're sick of hearing me talk about it. But my God, that final scene, it sticks with you. It shows nothing and at the same time shows everything. It's enough to... Make you wonder and try and sit there and decipher what exactly it is you've just fucking watched. But it's so effective. It's so damn effective. And they're the films I like. They're the films where not everything is a tight, not neat, sorry, a tight, neat little bow. It's interpretation. It's all part of the mind. And that's what we need more of. <laughs> damn it. That's what we need more of. Because I just... I miss this. This is the shit that I miss in horror films these days. I don't want to sit here and have some pretentious... Oh, is this film about religion? Is this film about the government? I don't give a fuck. It's a film. I want to sit there. I want to get immersed. And I just want to not give a shit. I don't watch films for messages. We have the fucking news for that. Give me a horror film that is confusing. That is unsettling. That is like nothing else before, and give me an ending that shows you nothing and yet everything at the same time. And I'm happy, Ebony, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> um, so essentially, yeah, that's that's Skinnermarink, Skinnermarinkadoo. That's you know, it's it's an experimental horror film that you're never going to see the likes of again. Let's be honest, you can't. You can't, you can't do that film again because you know what's to come you could build on it I suppose you could build on the tension but it would have to be done by Ball again it would have to be done by Kyle Ball because if someone else comes in now it's just going to get ruined you're not going to have the same effect you're not going to have that same feeling at the same time I don't want this to become like a three part fucking series either like leave it as the unknown and leave us questioning and I'm going to leave you on that note (laughs) uh before i go thank you very 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 much to sean from cheap seats reviews yet again for being the guest host for february uh we do have one for march this is a monthly segment that's coming up now as part of the podcast and for this month we are discussing or we are discussing what am i talking about we are having (laughs) jim from film rage come and host for an episode he's going to do one of my favorite films evil ed that's coming out on the 15th of march australian eastern time so the 14th for 99 percent of you who listen to this podcast (laughs) i should just put everything in us times um so look out for that we have a few other special things coming as well And I hope you all listened to the very short but very meaningful little message that Jess left for you guys to listen to earlier this week. I know it's only a five minute clip, but she misses doing this and she misses you guys so much that she just wanted you guys to know she's okay she's okay but she's not okay but she's okay and as i've said multiple times this film spark podcast this is a sister podcast this is an extension of what used to be the gruesome twosome movie reviewsome podcast if this is your first episode listening um grew to was a podcast or is is a podcast that was hosted by myself and jess Um, Unfortunately, she's not able to record at the moment. So in the meantime, I'm running this solo. It didn't seem right for me to run Grootoo by myself. One, being the name, being Grootoo, gruesome, Twosome. There's only me. What's the point? And two, that's our baby. Grootoo was our love child. (laughs) If we were ever to have a child, Grootoo was it. And it didn't feel right to carry on without her. But I also still wanted to carry on the movie reviews. So, ta-da! Film Spark was born. So, go check that out. Go check out the previous episodes. We have a lot of fun. to and Film Spark. It's just, you know, a good old party around here. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I'm not a party animal by any means anymore. Although I'm saying that I got absolutely plastered for my birthday. But we're not going to go down that route. That is not for today's episode. <laughs> but I hope you guys are having a wonderful, lovely, fantastic day. The next review, provided I can find it, because at one point I could find it and now I can't, is Trails of the Screaming Forehead. Don't look it up. Just just wait for the review. <laughs> it's, it's, a wacky war, uh, it's a wacky wide <laughs> Uh, I'm recording this at six o'clock in the morning. I'm delusional. So, with that, we're going to leave you to it. Thank you so much for listening and have a fantastic day. You were just listening to the Film Spark podcast for all your film needs and more. Like what you heard? Give us a shot. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, GoodPods, and more. Or follow the socials at film underscore spark underscore pod. You know what? Just follow us on everything. Check out the link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash Find us, follow us, give us a shout. We always want to hear from you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. No. go.